Hello, hello. Welcome to the Odeo Learning Channel. From My name is Shell Wagner. I'm with Heart of the Tribes. And today we are going to be talking about the seed. If you like the Odeo and you like understanding the ancient pictograph language, I would encourage you to go take my introductory course. It's located, you'll see this uh, ticking across the bottom of the screen at www.sufferacademy.net. And there I go through all 22 letters of the Alephet, as well as an introductory lesson and a wrap-up lesson. So you get 24 lessons in all and it's a great way to really dig deep into the odiate. It, and it's a, it's a blessing for me. And if this um, is something that you're interested in, please go over there and take that class. Okay, with that said, what I've got for you today, let me go ahead and add my screen So that I can share with you. So we're going to do a lesson today on the Odeote. And we're going to be looking at the principle of the seed. Or we're going to be looking at the word the seed. I wanted to start here. This is a book that I have by Brad Scott. It's up on the screen. I've got my copy in front of me. It's located at uh, www.wildbranch.org. That's also available on um, my website, our website called uh, www.heartofthetribes.net, right? <laughs> so, um, oh, um, is it net? Is it org? Golly, 
hard to remember. Let me see if I can find the, the banner that's got that on there. Here we are, org, right? <laughs> <laughs> so you can find you can find uh, the Heart of the Tribes web, website here, www.heartofthetribes.org. Okay, so I wanted to share uh, a few things out of Brad Scott's book before I go into the lesson that I had on the seed. Now, it's really interesting in the beginning of the book, um, Bill Cloud wrote uh, the forward to it. And in it, he's really just saying that, you know, once he heard Brad's teaching concerning the principle of the seed, he felt like everything that he'd ever written, he should just throw away. Right. And, and just go ahead and, and, uh, do without it because he felt like, wow, this, this, teaching was so incredible that it blew away everything that he did. So here's what he had to say about it in his forward. He said, the principle of the seed, when one grasps this profound and yet simple concept, all of scripture will begin to fall into place for the student of the word. This essential truth determines and affects every aspect of biblical interpretation, whether doctrinal or eschatological. Wow, that's a pretty big statement, you know, that really understanding the seed is puts everything in its proper perspective. And so I wanted to read just a few things out of this book. I'm going to be looking at chapter two of Brad's book. And what he's explaining in here is that English is an abstract language. We've got terms like faith, belief, love, obey, glorify, and fulfill. And they are all very subjective terms, right? And Hebrew is a very concrete language and thought process. As we take scriptural words further back to their pictographic meanings, which is what this channel does, right? That's what we do. We're looking at things from a pictographic perspective. We bring them back to their original environment, the mountaintop. Theological terms are ultimately defined by natural, physical, and material terms. These words find their action-driven background in everyday things that the Hebrew people would have experienced. So it takes it all back to life, right? You know, as we live and move, okay? There's a Psalm, Psalm 1, verses 1 through 3 says, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of Yahweh. And in his law doth he meditate day and night, and he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Okay, so in this, you can't see it, but where I'm reading, every time he's got these agricultural terms, he bolds them. He's talking about the tree that's been planted, the rivers of water, the fruit right? The leaf, all these things are very agricultural terms. Okay. So back to what Brad was saying in his book, 
As you can see, there are multiple uses of words that come from seeds and natural phenomena to describe how a man should live and have his very being. Seeds are one of those concrete terms that uh, Yahweh will use to describe how we are brought into the kingdom of God and who his people truly are. Very interesting. Uh, a little further in this chapter, he said, this is why from Adam to Moshe, you read in the lives of Noah, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and Joseph, families were accountable to the patriarch. Yah's will from the beginning was passed down through his seed, which is his word. The Sabbath, the festivals, the new moon, the harvest, etc. were all cyclical pictures in which Yahweh embedded his nature. They were yearly and weekly reminders teaching of the nature of their creator. A fundamental principle established from the beginning, which is the seminal foundation of all of God's revelation to us, the beginning generates a simple agricultural picture that we can see by looking outside our windows. It is a seed. Elohim begins with a little seed, right? That's how it all begins. In the beginning are revealed the foundation and origin of all things. I would like to be so bold as to say that all scriptural theology, all of Yahweh's desire, will, nature, purpose, and even eschatology are found embedded in the first four chapters of Bereshit, the first four chapters of Genesis. I will take it a step further. I believe that everything is found embodied in the 22 letters of the Hebrew Aleph Bet. It is the word of God which reveals that the universe and everything in it was framed by the word of God. Hebrews 11.3 says, Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. The purpose of this book is to bring to light a very simple principle, a principle that is brought forth from the beginning and can be seen operating in our world every day, a principle that can be verified by looking out the window, a revelation from Yahweh from the beginning that is substance and evidence and that was experienced and lived every day by the people of Yahweh, the Creator. It is imperative that we begin learning the word of God from the beginning for eternal truth is embedded there. You will notice throughout this book that all the Hebrew words that I will use will be taken back to their etymological meanings. Etymology is a word that means the study of the roots. The word in the Greek etymon and means true, actual, or real. It comes from a Hebrew word as all words do. Amazing, right? Amet, which means truth. So when we trace the etymology of a word, we are studying truth. Let me illustrate why I will be using a lot of Hebrew words. Suppose I compared Hebrew words to a river, a great river that like many rivers begins on a mountaintop where the rains pour out from heaven, cascading over the rocks and through the trees, rushing toward the valleys below, beginning at a place in which the water is pure, pristine, and energized, a place where the water is healthy and full of oxygen. But as these narrow, clear streams begin to flow through the valleys and become rivers, things begin to change. 
man begins to remove, diminish the life that is in it and begins dumping in or adding to everything from animal and human waste to toxic chemicals, bodies, and car parts. When this river eventually oozes into a great lake or ocean, it has become thick, brown, and undrinkable. The river started out pure and pristine, but after time eventually became polluted and profaned. Throughout the centuries, words have changed just like that river. Many of us have been drinking from that river, but not from the mountaintop. My focus is to bring us back to the mountaintop, as Martin Luther King might say, and drink from words as they are revealed in the beginning. You will notice when beginning at the beginning that Yahweh first brings forth the heaven, the earth, the waters, vegetation, trees, fruit, grass, herbs, and seeds. The Apostle Paul told us that the natural comes first, then the supernatural. That's in 1 Corinthians 15. 46. It says, how be it that was not first, which is spiritual, but that which is natural and afterward that which is spiritual. Okay. Then a little bit further in this chapter, he's got a section called the seed. It says the most fundamental agricultural principle is found in the very first chapter of Bereshit. It is the principle of the seed. A principle that begins where it should in the beginning and is found scattered, pun intended, throughout scripture from beginning to end. Elohim from the beginning prevent, presents us a very simple truth, a law, if you will. Our scriptures begin with three natural empirical truths in the beginning. Remember where the end is located. In Bereshit 1, 11 and 12, it says, and Elohim said, let the earth bring forth grass, the herb yielding seed, and the fruit tree yielding fruit after his kind, and whose seed is in himself upon the earth. And it was so, and the earth brought forth grass and herb yielding seed after his kind, and the tree yielding fruit whose seed was in himself after his kind, and Elohim saw that it was good. Notice that the seed multiplies after his kind and that the seed is in himself. Could it be that something far more profound than just plants and trees is being suggested here? And then he says, the law of seeds. In any high school or junior high school biology textbook, you will find the three laws of cells. The first law states that one, all living things are made up of cells and the products of those cells. Number two, the second law says that new cells come from other living cells. And number three, the third law states that all cells carry out their own life functions. So three natural truths of creation are revealed here in the opening chapter of Bereshit, which are pictures and patterns of the unseen spiritual realities. These truths will be seen ubiquitously throughout the scriptures in the natural as Elohim reaches out to mankind to teach man how Elohim's children reproduce. These same three natural laws in creation are, number one, a seed is used by Elohim to express how all living things produce and reproduce. Number two, kind produces like kind. Number three, the seed is in the fruit. 
At first glance, this statement seems rather matter of fact. It seems to be demonstrating a simple revelation about the creation. Elohim brought forth light to separate day from night. He divided the waters from the waters and placed a firmament in the heaven. And Oh, and placed a firmament in between. He brought the earth up out of the waters and the earth immediately began to produce vegetation. However, as we begin to familiarize ourselves with the rest of the scriptures, we are soon faced with trees, leaves, fruit, and seeds all over the place. Seeds and the product of seeds are seen in virtually every parable and in much of the writings of the prophets of old concerning the last days. Remember that verse in Yeshayahu, Isaiah? Think about it. How many parables contain harvest, wheat, tares, sowing, reaping, fruit, and vineyards? How many contain brides, bridegrooms, and marriages? How many refer to fathers, sons, children, and brothers? Keep in mind that seeds are the expression of how things grow and how animals and people reproduce. Right after the events of the creation, we are told about two trees in the Garden of Eden. How do trees start? Seeds. The Garden of Eden is soon followed by the fall of Adam and the revelation of the seed of the woman and the seed of the serpent. Two seeds that are at enmity with one another. When we first learn of human accounts in the scriptures, we learn the stark differences between Cain and Abel, Isaac and Ishmael, Jacob and Esau, Yeshua and Barabbas, Messiah and anti-Messiah. The pattern of the seed will bear fruit everywhere throughout the rest of scripture. Very interesting. Okay, so with that, I just wanted to kind of give that introduction before I start with mine and I hope you'll enjoy it and I hope you'll go get yourself a copy of this book at the late Brad Scott's website because it it is an unbelievable it's just wow it's foundational for really truly beginning to understand the Hebraic understanding uh, of all of scripture from understanding it from from that viewpoint it really is foundational Okay, so I wanted to start looking at the seed and let me add this back to my screen. So let's look at some parables concerning the seed. Now, this parable, our Messiah told us that if we wanted to understand every single parable, we need to start with this one because to understand anything, you've got to understand the seed. Okay, so... Matthew 13, 3. And he spoke many things unto them in parables, saying, Behold, a sower went forth to sow. And when he sowed, some seeds fell by the wayside, and the fowls came and devoured them up. Some fell on stony places where they had not much earth. And forthwith they sprung up, because they had no depth, deepness of earth. And when the sun was up, they were scorched. And because they had no root, they withered away. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprung up and choked them. But other fell into good ground and brought forth fruit, some a hundredfold, some sixtyfold, and some thirtyfold. Who has ears to hear, let him hear. We skip down a little further and start at 
Matthew 13, 18, and Yahusha explains this parable to his Talmudim, his disciples. He says, hear ye therefore the parable of the sower. When anyone hears of the word of the kingdom and understands it not, then comes the wicked one and catches away that which was sown, planted, right, in his heart. This is he which received seed by the wayside. But he that received the seed into stony places, the same as he that hears the word and immediately with joy receives it, yet he has not root in himself, but endures for a while. For when tribulation or persecution arises because of the word, by and by he is offended. Matthew 13, 22. He also that receives seed among the thorns is he that hears the word and the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and he becomes unfruitful. But he that received seed into the good ground is he that hears the word and understands it, which also bears fruit and brings forth some a hundredfold, some 60, some 30. Now, here's another passage that gives us a little bit. So what is this word? John 1, 1 through 5 says, In the beginning was the word, and the word was with Elohim, and Elohim was the word. Okay, so we see right here, this is a picture of Yahusha. Yahusha is the word and the word is the seed, right? It says the same was in the beginning with Elohim. All things were made by him and without him, not anything made that was made. In him was life and the life was the light of men and the light shines in darkness and the darkness comprehended it not. So let's look at what this uh, this word is that was used in that picture, in that uh, scripture. So it is G3056 in the Greek. Um, it means the, the Greek word is logos. The Thayer definition for word is speech, word uttered by a living voice. It embodies a conception or an idea. It is something that's declared. It's a thought that becomes like a declaration, an aphorism, a weighty saying, a dictum, a maxim. It comes from G3004, which is logo. And that means to say, to speak, to affirm, to call something by name, right? You're, you're giving it definition, okay? The Hebrew equivalent word, one of them would be Amar, and it means to speak. It is H559. The Brown Driver Briggs gives it a definition of uh, utterance, speech, word, saying, promise, a command. Now let's look at it in the Hebrew and in the pictograph. So we have an olive, a mem, and a resh. You can see the olive representative as the ox head. You see the mem represented as water. And then we see the resh as a crown sitting on a head, right? It's a, it's 
the a man's head, but it's been crowned. Okay, so the word picture is the crowned prince. This is it, it designates something a, a man of authority, right? The crowned prince is over the chaotic waters. Well, when I think about the man who has authority, who has been crowned, who is our Sar Shalom, our Prince of Peace, right? I I I think Yahusha. And isn't he the one crowned prince? that rules over all of chaos, right? And so when he speaks, things must line up with what he had to say. And that's what he's given us. That's why he told us, you know, the word is a sword, right? He's put his word in our mouth. We have the mind of Yahusha to speak forth his word. Very powerful. Looking again a little closer at the seed that is the word, right? Genesis 1.11, and Elohim said, let the earth bring forth grass, the herb yielding seed and the fruit tree yielding fruit after his kind, whose seed is in itself or in himself, as, as Brad's translation was saying, upon the earth. And it was so. So this word seed is H2233. And it is Zara, okay? So it's a, za, a, a Zion, a Resh, and an Ayin. So the Brown Driver Briggs says it is seed. It is sowing. It's your offspring. It's semen. It is your descendants, your posterity, your children. When we look into the etymology of this word, So we're trying to break it down to its truest point, right? It says to cast from a distance, right? There's something coming, okay, that this it's being planted for a future purpose is what that would mean. That's what that etymology would mean, okay? So it's being the seed was scattered from a distance. It means throughout time. Okay. We're the word picture that we see here. We see the Zion as a harvesting tool. It's a plow. It's another picture would be an ax that was part of a wooden handle, right? It was meant to harvest things. Okay. So we've got the, the, the plow, and then we've got that, the prince, right? The crowned prince. And then we've got the picture of an eyeball to see, experience, know. So the word picture that I see here is seed is the harvest of the prince will be seen. The leaders, the Mashiach, right? He is the leader. Okay. The Mashiach is the leader. He's the one whose harvest will be seen. It will be understood. It will be experienced by everyone. And look, that's at a distant time. And what did he say? At, at, you know, one day, every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess that Yahusha is Mashiach over all. He is our savior. Okay. So very interesting that we get to see this in the word picture. All right. So That was what I had for this audio lesson. I hope that it is a blessing to you. And and like I said, if you can, 
and you would like to learn more about the Odeote and go deep into, into understanding each individual letter and the significance, I encourage you to go take my beginning class at www.sufferacademy.net. All right. Thank you for joining me. And I hope this has been a blessing to you. Shalom. Glory and power, glory and power, glory and power.